this is the in focus podcast from the hindu welcome to the hindus in focus podcast i'm zubeda hamid your host for today the new antiviral drug brought out by merck pharmaceuticals molnupiravir seems to be a promising development in the global fight against covid-19 early results from the phase 3 trial of the drug report that it halves the chance of hospitalization in patients with mild to moderate covid-19 it is also an oral medication it can be taken in pill form unlike the other antiviral drugs that have to be administered intravenously usually in a hospital setting merck has now applied for emergency use authorization for its drug in the united states it has also meanwhile tied up with eight indian drug makers for the manufacture of molnupiravir how does this drug work Will it become a significant tool to combat COVID-19 which continues to kill people both in India and abroad? Will it be accessible and easily available to those who need it? To speak to us about these issues and more, we have with us today Dr. Satyajit Rath, adjunct professor at the Indian Institute of Science, Education and Research. Good morning Dr. Satyajit Rath and welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast. Thank you. Dr. Merck Pharmaceuticals' new antiviral drug, molnupiravir, has shown some promising results in its phase 3 trials, with potentially 50% less chance of hospitalization in people with mild to moderate COVID-19. Makers of the drug have now sought emergency use authorization in the United States. It is also a drug that can be taken as an oral pill, unlike other antiviral drugs. Will it be a game-changer, as some are claiming, in tackling the pandemic? Well... it's a little hard to call it a game changer for reasons i will uh, try and explain but one thing we must all note that this is an extremely welcome development it's long overdue but it's very welcome now that it has taken place the reason why i am skeptical about its game changer nature is not to do with the scientific discovery involved but to do with the fact that it's going to be a drug that's going to be sold at a fair price at a at at a fairly substantial price and therefore whether it is going to be available to everybody who not only needs it but from a public health point of view ought to be taking it is not quite clear So let me just um, give a little bit of background. Antiviral drugs work best not simply in COVID-19 but in pretty much all acute viral infectious diseases when they are given very early during the illness. This is true of uh, acyclovir ointment for skin viral outbreaks. This is true for Tamiflu in influenza. It was true of remdesivir last year. for covid-19 it is true of monoclonal antibody therapy which is a kind of antiviral drug because it stops the virus from growing but if we are going to take antiviral drugs at a very early stage of illness then very large numbers of mildly ill to moderately ill people should be taking the drug which means it cannot be an injectable drug for practical reasons it also cannot be a very expensive drug the problem with covid-19 related drugs antiviral drugs so far has been that they are injectable such as remdesivir such as the monoclonal antibody therapy molnupiravir is the first example of an oral antiviral drug that works for covid-19 this is not surprising but it's extremely welcome so it fulfills one condition 
that I pointed out, that of being easy to take orally at home. Whether it will fulfill the second condition or not, namely that it will become accessible in real life for all the people across the world who are likely to continue to be ill with COVID-19 mildly to moderately and whether they will be able to take the drug, whether they will be able to afford the drug, whether they will be able to take the drug, whether enough will be manufactured and whether prices will be low enough to make a difference in public health terms remains to be seen. Doctor, you spoke to us about the other COVID-19 antiviral drug, which was remdesivir, and told us that it's a drug that cannot be taken in an oral pill form. Is it difficult to make antiviral drugs in tablet form? And how exactly is molnupiravir different? So the difference between injectable versus oral drugs is to do with whether the chemistry of the drug is such that it can or cannot be altered in the intestine and or be absorbed from the intestine in active fashion or not. Remdesivir cannot. Molnupiravir can. Is it more or less difficult to uh, find one or the other category of drug? Quite honestly, I don't think there is any great difference between those two forms as far as discovery is concerned because a lot of the, these discovery processes are trial and error discovery processes. So as far as trial and error processes are concerned, one is as likely or as unlikely as the other. So I think that the fact of the matter remains that we've been thinking about COVID-19 as a serious illness to be treated in hospital and therefore Oral drugs may not perhaps have been as major a priority as injectable drugs because everybody thinks in a hospital injectable drugs are easy enough to give, which is true enough. The trouble, as I pointed out, is not simply that the drug is injectable, but that antiviral drugs generally work best in controlling virus growth when they are given very early during illness, which in practical terms means that we have to be giving them for at-home therapy to large numbers of sick people, which is why molnupiravir is such an interesting drug. But it's really not that much harder in the discovery process to find this kind of drug as it is to find the other kind of drug. Let me just make a quick point here. Both remdesivir and molnupiravir have not been discovered as specifically COVID-19 and SARS-CoV-2 virus-related drugs. They were both found long before the pandemic started. They were both in clinical trials for a variety of other RNAvirus infections such as influenza, Ebola, for years before the pandemic started. So we should keep that in mind when we think about how the R&D processes discover drugs as well. Doctor, two Indian drug makers have reportedly requested permission to halt their trials of the generic versions of molnupiravir, believed to be because it does not show significant efficacy against moderate COVID-19. Like you told us, patients have to take the pill quite early on in the onset of the disease. Is it possible to diagnose patients that early? Or are the definitions of moderate COVID-19 different in different countries? 
it's not so much a matter of diagnosis because we know that COVID-19 as a specific diagnosis is based on a positive virus fragment discovery. Whether the virus fragment is protein as identified by the rapid antigen test or whether the virus fragment being detected is RNA as identified in the QRT-PCR test, what we are discovering is, what we are diagnostically testing is the presence of virus fragments. And that, because virus infection is leads to the presence of the virus in respiratory fluids before symptoms begin, it's not impossible to find a diagnosis very early during symptomatic illness. The trouble is, in practical terms, it doesn't always happen because people take a day or two of feeling a little unwell, a little sneezy, a little coffee and so on and so forth before they even report it. After that, there is all the process of COVID diagnostic pipelines. After that, there is the actual test. We know that RT-PCR tests have to go to centralized laboratories. So there is an added time involved there as well. And these time periods can be different in different settings, in different countries, in different socioeconomic contexts, and so on and so forth. And as a consequence, it's quite possible that in some trials, drugs like molnupiravir, which really should be given as early as possible during illness in order to show clinical efficacy, will end up being given on average later in illness. This is why I keep pointing out that the real utility of these drugs is only modest as far as the individual gain is concerned. Think about this. We are saying that the drug reduces the rate of hospitalization by 50%. This is a substantial gain, no doubt. But the chances of hospitalization in a COVID-19 illness are already not hugely high. It's not like Ebola, where if you get the infection, you're likely to end up in hospital. In fact, you're likely, quite likely to die. One or two out of five people infected might end up dying. COVID-19 is not an individual high-risk illness of that sort. It's a community high-risk illness and a pandemic. And therefore, the effect of the drug, as far as individual gain is concerned, may not be enormous. It will be real, but it will be a modest gain. The community gain in terms of reducing transmission from an infected individual to other people and therefore reducing the rate of spread of the infection in communities will also be substantial. That won't be visible in a clinical trial because the clinical trial is focused on individuals. So there are all these complicated considerations because of which different trials with different conditions may end up having somewhat different outcomes. Doctor, during the pandemic, other antivirals such as ivermectin and falbipiravir have also been tried in treatment for COVID-19, but clinical studies have questioned their effectiveness. How is the Merck pill different? So let's talk about what you said. In the first place, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine is not an antiviral drug of the same kind that remdesivir, molnupiravir, favipiravir, lopinavir and related drugs are. Drugs like ivermectin, drugs like hydroxychloroquine are thought incidentally to interfere with virus growth in the laboratory, in tissue culture. No clinical trial has ever shown any efficacy. So this is not a matter of the efficacy of ivermectin being questioned by a clinical trial. It is a matter of there has been no efficacy shown 
for ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine in good, robust, well-designed clinical trials. Therefore, these are not drugs that are at all useful in COVID-19. The other issue is drugs like remdesivir work. Drugs like molnupiravir work. Does lopinavir or ritonavir work? No. Have they been tried? Yes. And therefore, ultimately, what you find in a laboratory as a drug that reduces virus growth in the test tube still needs to be tested in individuals because only a fraction of those drugs that work in the laboratory will actually work in the more complex and demanding setting of an infected human body. So the Merck pill is different from these? The Merck pill is uh, molnupiravir. And I pointed out that remdesivir, molnupiravir, ritonavir, lupinavir, favipiravir, these are all intended, directed as drugs that stop the virus copying and therefore stop virus growth. All of them show some effect on SARS-CoV-2 virus growth in the test tube. But that doesn't necessarily mean that all of them work in the more complex situation of the human body. All of them need to be tested. Remdesivir worked. Molnupiravir worked. The other antivirals didn't work. Do we know exactly what the difference is between those, why this category worked and those, that category didn't work? No. Doctor, like vaccines, will the effectiveness of this pill also be subject to change when there are newer variants of the virus that come out? Yes. We, in fact, know that all infectious agents, bacteria, viruses, undergo natural selection when they are put under pressure with either antibacterial drugs like antibiotics or antiviral drugs like the ones that we are using. So basically what we are talking about is the virus is an RNA virus. All the copies show a little bit of variation from each other. Most of these variations are either meaningless or actually harmful for the virus to grow. So they don't mean anything to the virus. But a few copies might incidentally show resistance to some of these drugs. And if the drug is being widely used, eventually we will get drug-resistant virus strains. We know that this happens with bacteria, with antibiotic resistance. We know that it happens with viruses, such as with HIV resistance. It's therefore quite possible and plausible that it will happen with SARS-CoV-2 as well. Doctor, going back to what you were speaking to us about earlier, about access and whether the drug will be accessible, we have seen with the COVID-19 vaccine that many countries were not able to access it in adequate quantities to meet the needs of their population. A majority of the vaccine did go to high-income countries. One of the things Merck has done is enter into voluntary licensing agreements with at least eight Indian pharmaceutical companies for manufacture of this drug. Does this mean that middle and low-income countries will have access to generic versions? Will there be more equity of access or not? So my hope in this matter is that because of the reason you pointed out, there will be at least some reduction in inequity. I am not optimistic enough to think that equity can be reached, but at least some reduction in equity. Let me make two points here. One, it's from a manufacturer's point of view, it's easier to make small molecules like drugs, which includes molnupiravir, than it is to make very large and complex molecules such as vaccine formulations. And therefore, many more drug manufacturers have the technological capacity to absorb and undertake, for example, molnupiravir manufacture. So 
particularly in India, with our very long and honorable tradition of generic drug manufacturing, this manufacture of molnupiravir in large enough amounts is therefore much more plausible and much more possible than very large amounts of quickly upscaled vaccine manufacture. That's one issue. But the second issue is, I don't know and I have not seen in the public domain what the nitty-gritty details of distribution and pricing permitted by Merck to these Global South country manufacturers, such as the handful of manufacturers in India, are they allowed to sell at controlled prices within country? Is there a price restriction put on that as well? Are they permitted to export at that price to other countries of the Global South or are they not permitted? Are there quotas set for all of this in that licensing agreement? All of these, as you can imagine, become important questions when we are trying to examine whether in real life large-scale access to this drug at cheap, affordable prices for poor communities in the global south will be a reality or not. Doctor, does this mean that the pill, once it gets EUA and is manufactured, could be available as an over-the-counter medicine at some point? I don't think that over-the-counter medication of antibiotics or antivirals is looked upon particularly enthusiastically by any regulatory agency anywhere in the world. So the short answer to your question is no, I don't think it's going to be available in formal approval as over-the-counter. The unfortunate reality in India is that for a variety of structural reasons of inadequacy of healthcare access, we still end up having over-the-counter sales of antibiotics and antivirals. But I don't think that's good practice. I think that we need alterations in public health systems enough that people don't have to resort these sorts of what amount to self-medications or to unprescribed medications. Do we have to then be careful that we don't start this antibiotic resistance that we're already seeing in the country with antivirals as well? The short answer to that question is yes. My difficulty is It's not as if the people of India are recalcitrant or foolish or stupid or idiots to be buying antibiotics over the counter. The reality is we tend to buy antibiotics over the counter because it's that much harder for us. It's much more complicated to affordably, reliably, rapidly access good qualified health care. That's why we buy antibiotics the way we buy antibiotics. Simply shouting at us as communities to stop buying antibiotics like that without making healthcare accessible doesn't seem to be a particularly good and intelligent solution, does it? That same problem is going to apply to antivirals of the kind of molnumbiravir. Absolutely, doctor. Thank you so much for speaking to us today. Thank you very much. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.